Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hey everyone, it's Eva. It's Kylie. And welcome back to another episode of Hello Universe. Hello. (laughs) Oh, that was such a nice understated little response. You know, I'm going to mix it up. Got to keep people on their toes. Yeah. (laughs) Hello, my dear friend. How are you doing today? Um, I'm always wonderful when I'm talking to you. Oh, yeah. I'll take that because it's, I think, yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> I'll take that because I am wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am so excited for people to ha- listen to this episode because, like, literally, I, after we were done recording with Rebecca, I sent her like six DMs and was like, hi, we're friends now. <laughs> Oh my God, I did the same thing. I sent her a message being like, that was so good. Like, I love you. Like, she's just, um, she's just fun and smart and witty and thoughtful and super deep. She's like, yeah, folded into the hell universe fam for sure. That's yeah. so funny that we both did that. I was like, I want to be connected. Yeah, I was like, we're, we're, you're, you're, you're stuck with me. I'm just yeah. going to harass you with. And she's a numerology wizard, which turns out, numerology super cool i didn't know that until we talked to her it's super cool everybody yeah and she's really like she said something about how like it's the language of numbers which has really made me like i don't know kind of changed my view on numbers which has been a fun way to like move through the world so yes we're super excited to introduce this podcast to you but um kylie do you want to share some things with our dear listeners you guys are missing i'm doing jazz hands they're very (laughs) cool (laughs) Okay, so Money Magic, it's October 14th and 15th. It's a free workshop. If you're listening to this after those dates, there's a replay. I got you covered. Um, but this, this the, the workshop and the work behind it is this idea that we are distracted all the time by how scared and stressed we are about money. And those very fears not only can they be transmuted, but they can be the guides to take us to really deep healing. So this is a workshop that's around like, yes, giving you access to wealth and money in a new way, but maybe even more than that, it's about how do we use our fears to help us recalibrate our relationship to security, stability, like receiving um, because those are the things that money can teach us, and in particular, the places where money hurt can hurts can teach us. Um, and following those painful places has been like one of the most powerful ways that I've been led deeper and deeper into my spiritual expansion. And that's what I want to take you on. So come take this workshop, check out the program that I'm announcing at the end of it. Um, because yes, let's help you not feel stressed about money. Yes, I want everybody to have all the money that they want. And I just want you to feel at peace. And I want you to feel like you're enough and there's enough. And that enoughness is an option. And I think money is one of the most beautiful places we can figure out why we don't feel like enough or that there is enough and then how to get out of that situation, that crazy spiral. Because the truth is, you have important work to do in the world whether that work is you sitting on a hammock and meditating or whether that work is you running an important business like 
You have important work to do. And being scared and stressed about money is literally just a distraction and it's not required. Mm-hmm. So or not just a distraction, but I would say sometimes an obstacle, like a real obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I say distraction, what I mean is like, like, uh, it's like chatter. It's well, I mean, yeah. In- emotional. Like it's an energy. When I say distract, or like it's a obstacle. It's like you're suffering. Yeah. And yeah. therefore it becomes the obstacle that gets in the way of you creating and being like the pure being that you are. Yeah. And we're just kind of been like bombarded with conditioning that it's required and that it's actually a betrayal of our fellow humans to not be constantly stressed about money. And all of that is just like, it's just bullshit. And it isn't required. And you can come to this two-day workshop and begin the journey of letting go and shedding that. And if it's right for you, you can sign up for the program at the end of it. That also is going to, it's this like six months of wild, deep transformation that I literally just got tears in the back of my eyes thinking about. So um, come participate, receive in the workshop, investigate the course if it feels right for you. And like, let's just like, let's just get to the new earth already, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, this is what it takes. All of us sort of self-realizing that's what makes up the newer that I, and I will just add though for anyone who like I think your course is really good for people who where like money is a deep wound and like a trauma type deep wound I would actually suggest that you go back and listen to last week's episode that Kylie did on Kylie and I did on money it was so good so powerful I think you can like really get a sense if you're considering the course like you can that conversation will give you a real sense of the transformation that's available and possible to you. Like it's not, this isn't just surface money work. I think is you know, yeah. what you're trying to get at. This is like deep healing that we can do through money, which yes. is really freaking cool. Exactly. It's like, let's, how do we evolve our consciousness and like love ourselves deeper by looking at the places where money is uncomfortable. Mm. That's what it's a program for. Yeah. Which is maybe not the sexiest marketing. Maybe I should tell you that you'll make a million dollars if you sign up for my course. And you probably can if that's your soul desire. I mean, you definitely yeah. can if it's your soul desire. But like what we're really going to do is like excavate all this shit so you can be liberated. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. I feel like I have like a good, I have so much I want to say about this. This could end up being its own podcast. So I'm going to, I'm just going to say, go take the workshop. I just know it's going to be really good. I'm sure we're hopefully going to continue to promote it because I want everyone who struggles with money to get their eyes on this. Yeah. And replay is if you're, you know, this this podcast you might be listening to after the 14th or the 15th and I, you can just have, have access to the replay. So shoot me a DM. We'll take care of you. Um, and you can check out and like receive. Yay. Love it. Oh, how about you? Um, I am really excited to share my new mini class, Emotional Alchemy, which is <laughs> all about mastering your emotions. And um, I'm really excited about this work because I think in truth, our emotions are a thing that can cause us such deep suffering or just like feeling overwhelmed or disconnection like it's the thing where people are like oh I don't want to that we that we all experience every day that when we're not addressing actually bring us like a huge deal of suffering but what I don't think people understand is that like it's actually the instructions for how to feel and process and be with your emotions is actually simple Mm. because I think that a lot of spiritual truths and things that are actually very effective is actually very simple. But what I 
hate is when people come to me and they say, no one's ever taught me how to process my emotions because I, like it makes me mad at the systems where like this is so important to being a human and it would make our lives so much easier. But I, I've seen just in the collective that this isn't information that's available to everyone. And I want to be able to share it because I think like being being with your emotions is about like being present and also like being with what is allowing. And those are both two foundations of like this a spiritual tenets. Like yeah. being with your whole experience and integrating all these different parts of you is is a very spiritual experience. And what's on the other side of feeling your emotions is so powerful. Mm. I don't and I don't want to people want to have people struggling over their emotions because like you just really don't you don't have to we just but we haven't been taught what to do because we just think it's really scary yeah um, so it feels we feel just disconnected and confused and powerless yeah and I always want to underscore I think one of the things that you do so incredibly is make this complicated stuff feel so accessible mm. you know like you're really 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 good at making it feel easy, bite-sized, practical, like like anyone who's listening who would like a greater sense of peace, which who the hell doesn't, can take your program and like have something real that they can hold onto and do and actually feel better. Mm, yeah, thanks, Kylie. That that's means important medicine. That means so much to me because I that's important to me. Like I want to make sure that this is like you know digestible and understandable, and not so etheric and up in the clouds that people can't then then yeah. Yeah, use it. So yeah, simplicity I think is something that I try to strive for um, or like move towards. But yeah, this program is for anyone who feels like they don't know what they're feeling, oftentimes, or they get overwhelmed, or who avoid their feelings, or feel like their feelings are scary, like all of this stuff. Um, and it's actually spoiled down into like a really quick mini class. And through this month, so it's at the intro price of $39, which I think is like a- Oh my God. I know. Oh my God, that's insane. It's a steal, y'all. Because again, again, this is very intentional. Like I like, everyone should have this information. So I'm trying to make it like super accessible. Like when I tapped into the soul of this program, it was very much like, oh, this just needs to be simple and it just needs to be out there. Um, so- that will be available to y'all through the end of October. And then after that, it's going to go up to its regular price. So I would highly suggest that if you're interested, that right now is a really good time. Run that walk <laughs> to yeah. your nearest. EvoLiao.com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I made that joke twice in one intro. Wow, guys. Yeah, no, wow. it was a callback. It was a good callback too before. Uh, also, yeah, you can also find more information at my Instagram previously at bad bitch living but now i've changed it to i am eva liao so you can find me there too yay hey yay. all right all right rebecca and numerology i will just say while you're getting ready to read rebecca's intro i just didn't really get numerology like i'd like read a like article or two online and just been like i don't know i guess whatever but she blew my friggin' mind yeah totally and i think it's one of those things that's like I don't know. I heard first heard about numerology, I think, like in middle school. And it just didn't seem as cool as like astrology for some mm, reason. Because it's simple. I'd be yeah. simple and accessible, you know, seemed like yeah. can't have enough potency to it or something. Yeah. Definitely. But I will also say 
we don't just talk about new. Should we talk about what do we talk about? Like, I'm sure we talked about the patriarchy at some point. Yeah, because we had a whole really cool conversation about like the divine feminine and divine masculine right. in terms, yeah. and whether that reinforces patriarchal systems of oppression or whether like they're it's helpful language. That was my favorite tangent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. Is like Rebecca is just a beautiful storyteller and wise and funny and. She gave us a mini numerology read, and there's some really freaking cool like <laughs> synchronicities between our our numbers that yeah. um was very fun. Yeah, that I was. And I went home, away. and it turns out that Nick and I have the exact same number. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, I should do Adam's numbers. I wonder what that means. But fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So if you don't know anything about numerology. Uh, this is a great place to start. If you are interested in numerology, this is also a great place to start. But I think what really makes the conversation is also Rebecca herself. She's great. She's magical. Yeah. Uh, I will read her short bio. Um, Rebecca is an emotional witch, forever seeker, and queer human lady who uses magic and storytelling to support unlearning, to support unlearning work and inspire new meaning making. And I think this is one of the things I really love about her is that she's very clearly committed to like looking critically at the systems and the ways the normal the, the kind of preconceived ways of doing things and um i think that's always really potent magic yeah mm-hmm. yeah so we hope you enjoy rebecca we are so excited to have you on the show welcome to hello universe rebecca thank you so much i'm really psyched and honored to be here yeah so okay there's just from chit-chatting before record, there's already 8,000 things I want to talk about, but <laughs> stick to our path, which is our first question. What does spirituality mean for you and how does it show up in your everyday life? Yes. The loftiest of questions. <laughs> um, I think honestly, like what isn't spirituality to me at this point? I think it's such an integrated part of my life and just my worldview and how I approach things that I think everything is pretty spiritual at this point, because for me, spirituality is everything seen and unseen. So by that definition, like what doesn't it touch? (laughs) Um, And I, I understand that that's not how everyone comes to the world and, and decides to live. But for me, spirituality is really my connection to myself, my connection to spirit, to source you know, that which man calls God, whatever word you want to put on that, Um, as well as just a way of connecting to other people. Like here we are all in this, in this Zoom room together. (laughs) And yeah, I don't know. I I really sat with the question and I was like, what isn't it? I think for me, it's pretty much everything at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you, how do you feel connected? Like, when do you feel especially connected to it? Because I totally hear you like, you know, what's the difference between a plastic water jug and uh, like crystal? You know, it's all equally magical. Um, But how do you know when you're experiencing the connection? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, Because I guess I should caveat this with saying, even though I think that spirituality touches everything, most aspects if not all aspects of my life I don't always feel great like that's yeah I'm definitely not a love and lighter (laughs) yeah (laughs) like I'm a human being with two feet firmly on this planet and um 
And so I don't always feel connected. And I think now it's the challenge of when I don't feel connected, still knowing that that's okay too. And that that's part of like the cycle and part of the process. Uh, When I do feel connected, I have been, especially this month, I don't know if Virgo season got me looking at my habits or whatnot, but um, I've been trying to sit down and at least pull one card. And I just got a new rune set that I've um, just started working with. So pull a card in a rune every morning and just sit and breathe in front of my altar. Maybe I'll bring a cup of coffee for my ancestors that I work with. Um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I write, maybe I don't, you know, but it's like the coming back to it and sitting down and just being present really helps me to feel connected. Mm-hmm. And I also feel really connected when I'm in conversation with people that I love, whether that's my wife or friends or um, like I also host a podcast that I chat with people. And and I think there's something about like truly just connecting with other people, whether it's about spiritual topics or not, that just really remind me that we are all here together having this experience and what a wild ride. So I think, yeah, those are two places where I feel really connected. I, I love everything that you said so much. Actually, if you don't mind, I would, I, you've said all these beautiful things about being connected. And I think um, we could dig into all of those. But the thing that really struck me was the first thing that you said, which is like, sometimes you don't feel connected and that's okay. I'm like, I'm really happy that you said that because I think like, we, I'm going to say we all live in this world in which we feel like really deep about our spiritual practice. And I also wonder like people who listen to our podcast know that like, we're just going like full hog into the spirituality. But I think it's, it's important for people to know. I mean, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Like I, I it's hard to say, I want to say I, in a way, even I think what you said is like, even when you're not connected, you still like, I feel like there's still a trust there. Like you don't yeah. feel connected, but you know that there's something there. And I just want to reassure people or give people maybe like a pass. I think that's like really helpful to hear that like you're not always going to feel connected. It doesn't mean like there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean that life sucks. It's just, I think, a part of the experience. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I had a really interesting moment like uh, 45 minutes ago of feeling not connected. <laughs> so I, I had this day. It was just like, we record on Mondays and, and Monday is also the day that my kids are my in-laws. So I like wake up in the morning and I like get to wake up on my own time and I, you know, have co- I have my tea and my journal and it's like this very luxurious experience. And um, I had a bunch of teaching lined up. I had like the final class in this four-month container beyond the veil of the Akashic Records that we, we wrapped up. It was like a, just like a really, really beautiful day in which I felt super connected to source like all day like because everything was just like yes I am living and connected and then I got to like six o'clock and it was like my being connected meter ran out (laughs) and all of a sudden I just had this like really like confusion and it was like a little bit like the low that comes after the high and I was like sitting on my couch and I was like I don't know what to do and I remember I was like kind of scrolling on my phone, but it was unsatisfied. I just had this like general feeling of like disconnection and dissatis- being satisfied. But what felt different is exactly what both of you said, is that I didn't make it wrong. 
Like, I didn't love it. I wasn't like, this is a beautiful experience of humanity. Although, like, that argument could be made. But I just, like, didn't make it something I needed to fix. Yeah. And that felt really huge. Yes, that is huge. And I'm learning that lesson currently in my own life. I spent the summer writing a book. And hell yeah. Yes, I know. Like a yeah. very casual way to yeah, drop that out. Uh, okay. I was like, um, that's a big deal. Uh-huh. Hello. Thank you for having me. I've <laughs> written a book. <laughs> and it was a pretty, like most of it for me personally was a pretty trash experience with myself. Like I, it was so hard. And I, <laughs> and like all writers say that. I was going to say that direct one. for everyone I know who's a writer. Everyone I've talked to, every book I've read, like, Hello, Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott on my on my shelf while I'm writing. I turned to I love bibliomancy. So I like turned to a page one day and it was literally like writing sucks. And I was like, yes, thank you. That's what I needed to hear. So every writer will tell you that it's hard. And yet when it was hard for me, I was convinced something was wrong with me. I was like, I'm not doing this right. I don't know how to write a book. I no one else feels this way, surely. I'm the only person that's felt like this. And I started doing things like doing witchcraft and magic to just make myself feel a little bit better, not even like on the book, just on me. And I, so I started pulling cards every day for my altar from the Morgan's Tarot, which is this really cool like 70s deck that's trippy and and it's an oracle deck. And one of the cards said, um, something along the lines of like your doubt is your faith if it has to be. And right now it has to be. And that to me was your so your doubt is your faith if it has to be. And I was like, yes, OK, great, because I have nothing but doubt in this moment. And so if that's my faith, then cool. I don't know how to work that. I don't I don't really know what to do with that. Yeah. Um, But that was really comforting to me in the moment because it was like, that's what I have. That's what we're working with here. There's no problem. Like what you said, we don't need to fix this. Um, And so often I think we want our spiritual practices to move us into better feeling places and then keep us there. And that's also just not real. That's not reality. Like feelings are, are temporary like everything else. And so we can keep working to keep moving ourselves into slightly better feeling places. But I think if you're constantly coming back to your practice or to spirituality as a whole, thinking that it's going to fix something or solve something for you or like land you in a place that then you're there and you're healed and how beautiful. Yeah. Um, from my experience, that's just not how it works. I mean, I would even add, it's just an important point because yes, using spirituality to make you feel better like it's such a conundrum it's a very tricky paradox because it does it can make you feel better like it can change your whole freaking perspective and that's all it really takes to come from a from like suffering to peace but it's the but the paradox is it can bring you just as much suffering when you're continuously just trying to feel better like that in itself is where the suffering is so yeah you gotta like yeah I mean, again, we come back to this all the time on the podcast. It's really just coming back to being with whatever it is. <laughs> There's a question that keeps coming up for me. And I'm sorry if I've said this on a recent podcast, 
but it's like so loud in my life right now, which is this question of what if there was nothing to fix? What if right now there was nothing to fix? And usually it drops in my head when I'm doing the like obsessive fixing. Like recently a guy literally was like, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes all the time, you know? <laughs> I was like, shut up. Are you sure? Yeah. Like, but I'm so good. I fine tuned this practice. But like, so I have a lot of like, like the, the, the process for me is like that question pops up because I'm like obsessively trying to fix something. And then I hate the question that showed up, which is like, what if there's nothing to fix? And then I just sit in the energy of like imagining a possibility where I didn't have to fix anything, which is really different than forcing ourselves to be fine. It's just like, all right, fine. I'm just going to put on the costume of there's no problem here. And without fail, every time I'm like, oh, I do like this costume more. This is a much nicer experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Everything that you just said, we do need to put a pin in that because we're going to return to it when we get into your numbers. <laughs> everything you just said, I was like, oh my gosh. Just yes. Yes. To all okay. of that. Okay. That is an awesome, awesome <laughs> segue because, um, dear listeners, I already confessed to Rebecca at the top of the call that I was like, I had like self serving reasons for, um, wanting to have Rebecca on the call because I wanted to learn more about numerology. Um, there's going to be like a bunch of stuff we're going to talk about in this podcast because like you already came in with just like, I mean, okay, can I just read a couple of things that I, that, you know, that you want to share about? Uh, I'm, I'm nervous now. I'm like, oh no, what did I write? I'm really curious about alternative religions. Uh, that, yeah. That's really interesting to me. Um, so and, yeah. So that could be like a whole nother conversation. Also, I saw that you had like these awesome playlists on your Instagram that you were creating for people. And I want to get into that. But first, I think we should start with numerology. If that's yeah. Obvious. Yeah. And the playlists are part of numerology. So that's that's just like what, um, you know, as as we all have become content creators in our in our lives here, um, that's just what currently is bringing me joy are these playlists. But yes. OK, so numerology for me, just like the the 101 uh, is this divine language of numbers. First and foremost, numerology is the study of the divine language of numbers. So the ancient thought is that numbers were the code with which the universe has been written. And so if we get to know these numbers and you, there are many schools of thought, which I love about numerology. Um, so you can call it frequency or vibration or getting to know their energies. But really, you can or you can use archetypes, which are, are big in my practice, um, to get to know the numbers. And then based on that, there is the intuitive application of those principles to people, places, events what have you. So you can use this information both individually and personally, and then also collectively to look at the global year or global events. Um, so That's there's crazy. many, I'm already wondering, like, so do you go through the world noticing numbers like a lot? Oh my God, constantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I constantly. imagine, yeah, it's like a whole different language that I think you have access to. I mean, I know we all I know we're all familiar with like angel numbers and repeating numbers, but I'm going to assume that you, you can take, you probably, because of your vast array of knowledge, you can go deep. <laughs> well, I kind of have a hot take on repeating numbers. So I'm not going to tell anybody that they're not real because I think everything is real and not real at the same time. Um, 
I don't think everything is a message, right? So I think that we, once, once we're aware of signs and synchronicities, they pop up everywhere because that is also just how the world works. It, mm-hmm. And once you start noticing, they're everywhere. Um, and so that being said, I think that you can take everything as a sign, but that might not be helpful. So I'm all about discernment and and critical thinking in your practice. And so if something is, if you know something is a sign for you, then absolutely work to decode that. I I still take 222 as like right place, right time, or 444 is like a little spiritual fist bump from my team. This is like, hey, we're all here. Um, so I definitely see them and I notice them. And, and now for me, they're like little hugs or like little pats on the back, but I don't take everything as a message. Mm-hmm. So, because like you said, or I live in New York, I can walk down the street and see 75 license plates and 80 addresses. And not all of those numbers mean something to write yeah, in, yeah. in my life. So I think we'll go a little bit Yeah, no, I hear uh, you about, about discernment. I think that's really important because otherwise you lose like your, your sovereignty, just being like letting the external kind of dictate your internal too much too. And that can be a tricky, slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like the universe speaks to us in the language that we ask it to. Like for a long time, I was like, repeating numbers are dumb. They're just numbers. <laughs> and guess what? I never fucking saw a repeating number. <laughs> and then one day I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be such a cynical jerk. And like lots of people get meaning out of this. And so maybe there's meaning there. And guess what? I started to see repeating numbers. It's like, like the universe spoke to me in the language that I had decided had meaning. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I think so numerology, like astrology, like human design, like any of these um, languages and systems uh, are really for meaning making. And that's such a personal experience that's so intimate, like between you and source or you and whoever it is that you're speaking with. And so it has that's really at the root of my practice, of my teachings, how I work with clients is like this all has to mean something to you. So if it doesn't, that's okay. Chuck it out. You know, don't. Yeah, it's okay if it doesn't mean anything. Um, but there, we can always work. That's like a lot. I do a lot of decoding. You know, we can always work to figure out the message. Um, but if it's if it doesn't mean anything, I don't. Again, nothing to fix here. Nothing's yeah. wrong. Yep. So how did you get into numerology? Yeah. So I was. I've always been a spiritual seeker. And when I was a kid, it was in the church. And then when I was about 15, I realized that the church was no no longer going to be able to offer me what I was looking for in terms of spiritual connection. And so I started looking to other modalities. And my mom actually was a a silent spiritual (laughs) woman and, and, you know, just very under the table. And so it kind of started like horoscopes in the paper. And uh, obviously I loved Harry Potter, which I'm very sad about the I know. literal cultural turf war that's happening at the moment um, with she who shall not be named. But that was a very, <laughs> a very prominent part of my like witchy magical upbringing. And so I just started talking to my mom about it. And one of the first things that she did was have my numerology chart done 
by a sidewalk mystic in in like a beach town in Northern California. It's so, so great. And I believe he's still around, which is which is rad Yeah, because um, at this point it was like 15 years ago. So she had my numerology chart done along with my astro chart. I got a tarot deck not too long after. So it was right at the front of kind of my next leg of of what do I want to make meaning out of? Mm-hmm. And at first I was not all that interested in it because I've already shared this with you pre-podcast, but um, I was, I'm not good at math. I really struggled in high school. I ended up having to go to tutoring to pass algebra two. <laughs> and so I was very not here for anything math or numbers, but it's kind of something that's stuck because I think there is something simple about numerology. We're always adding to get to that root digit. So it's simple addition. You are always kind of distilling to one number. And then I'm a word witch. So I love then putting all the words onto the number. You know, once we have the number, then we can flesh it out with, with words and um, references and, and other kinds of archetypal meaning. But there was always something that was very specific about numerology that I didn't feel like I got quickly with other modalities. Like you have to know a lot about other modalities. And I feel like with numerology, you just have to know your birthday and how to add. Or have a calculator. You Or have a calculator. No shame in this game. Right. Oh, I love that. That, that it's accessible. Like there's an accessibility to it. Yeah. Which I, yeah, which I think sounds nice because you're right. Like sometimes with astrology like oh come on you could spend your whole that's like you can just spend your whole life studying that yeah totally yeah so I think it's very accessible and I also think that it's practical and so for people who are look I'm not interested in changing a skeptic's mind about anything it's not it's not my job to do that for them I don't care if they think I'm nuts for what I think is (laughs) real you know like that's cool we're all on our own journeys but I do think there is something practical to numerology that hooks people in a different way than some of the more um, abstract modalities, because the ancients really did believe that there was no separation between the mystical and the practical. And it's actually only in the with the rise of the church and uh, the, the Christian church and the Catholic church and white supremacy that we really kind of started to separate the two. And so all of the ancient astronomers, philosophers, thinkers, um, scientists were all also looking at mystical aspects of numbers because a lot of them were spiritual or mystics or even religious at the time and really saw this as like a blend, a blend of both the scientific and and the mystical. And I love that. I love that too. And I love that you're being it just, just that what you said about, I think I like wrote it down that, yeah, it wasn't until the church that there became such a separation between the practical and the mystical. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause education before the church were temple schools and like mystery schools, essentially in Egypt, um, in Kemet, which is ancient Egypt and in Greece, and so all of these groups of thinkers, oh, and I guess this is this is pertinent as well. So my numerology, um, the lineage of my numerological practice comes from Pythagoras. So everyone's pretty familiar with like the Pythagorean theorem. 
I think he would roll over in his grave at this point to see what what it's become of his math work because he actually wasn't interested in using math for scientific purposes at all. He really, oh, really? believed. Yeah, he really believed that all things were numbers and that's how we would commune with the divine. Oh, whoa. Yeah. And he was basically a cult leader. Like in his own, he had his own community. He had his own school. Um, it's the history of Pythagoras and and the Pythagoreans are, are very fascinating. Oh, my and God. I would have loved math so yeah, much more. Right. I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of blowing my mind because I have the same relationship with math as you, like hated it as a kid. I was seriously, yeah, the only Asian person I did who who knew who didn't know how to do math in my school, which I know is like, I don't know if that's inappropriate to say, but like everyone I knew was good at math. Um, and this is just like, I, it's so interesting to hear you talk about numbers in this way, because I do think of them as very sort of, um, like, like there's this like linear almost, when I think of numbers, I think of ugh, masculine energy to me, it seems very opposite of the divine, which is like flow, but but I know that's probably not true. Do you know what I mean? I, I feel like I've, my relationship with numbers has been totally stripped of its more maybe feminine aspects. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. Um, I, I think that now like numbers seem very rigid and very structural. And so you're right. There is something about adding this mystical or spiritual aspects of numbers that give them a receptivity that are not available. Like they're very concrete and they're very hard. Yeah. And they don't lose that because in in essence, the reason why, or I, I have no idea, I have not talked to these people myself. They're long gone. I guess I could speak to them through a spiritual. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. I want to know about his cult. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I will tell you all about his cult. Um, it's all fascinating to me. But I think the one of the reasons why they were so drawn, all of these thinkers were so drawn to numbers as a as how to speak with that which they called God uh, was because they exist and we can measure our natural world with them you know they're like they're so tangible yeah yeah learning about the natural world and being able to measure it and all of our constructs are rooted in numbers how we calculate time and measurements and dimension and how we learn about the world around us and the world that we can't see like if you want to get into numbers and quantum physics it's wild you know like mm -hmm. it's just wild and so you're right that they are both tangible, concrete, uh, I'm using air quotes, they exist. And, and also they, I think adding in the mystical aspects and, and the divine, it's like, how can you not see the divine construction in things? And there is such a, a receptivity about that. That's just beautiful. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, I love this. I love this. Okay. So I'm I, okay, hold on. I'm trying to think. I'm like, no, where, where do you want to go? Where, from where do we go from? Yeah, like, okay, I, so I almost want to Part of you. me wants yeah. to go down this whole rabbit hole, the like gender theorist view. Let's go down a whole rabbit hole about like <laughs> structure and divine masculine and feminine and like blow up those terms. And 
I also want to like get into numerology a little more specifically because what's interesting is that the um the like tangible nature of numerology somehow has made it less accessible for me up until now and what I think I'm realizing in this moment is I am so in love with the mystical that I'm like oh akashic records yes totally real numerology too close to reality and therefore like suspicious oh, <laughs> yeah cool yeah i like that it's like a cool light bulb so i would love if you could like i mean i i guess if we could like maybe look at our numbers to kind of un- like yeah. unpack and understand numerology tan a little more tangible totally um yes absolutely okay i i can take it from here i do want to say on your on your gender on your gender comment so i personally um have stopped using gender in my work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's helpful to anyone. I think in many ways it's harmful. It's not um, It's not allowing the people that I want to work with to be present in the space and to um, feel comfortable. So I have actually stopped using gendered language across the board. And that's just something that's been important to me and very uh, in alignment with my values and and freeing for me as well. Because What's interesting is when uh, this is so a friend of mine, Nick Kepley, who is at Man of the Cards, a beautiful tarot reader and podcast host. um, They talk a lot about instead of using the words masculine and feminine, what do you actually mean to say by that? So do you mean um, aggressive? Do you mean present? Do you mean active? Do you mean receptive? Do you mean um, flow like to use Eva's word or from earlier? So. That's something that has really pushed me to get more specific about what I'm trying to say instead of using those terms, because I think those are constructs as well. And so in numerology, there is a very, there are lots of schools of thought. And also within that, there are like kind of firm traditions that people just continue because they don't want to break the mold or they don't want to play with the form or they don't want to step out and say, oh, I think we should do it differently than how it's been done. Um, But one of, so one of the examples is the difference between evens and odd numbers. Mm -hmm. So Pythagoras put gender on that and said the even numbers are feminine and the odd numbers are masculine. And so as I've sat with the numbers and really experienced them and got to, and gotten to know them and have conversations and, and, with them that, you know, again, your Akashic records, you're like, yes, I totally believe that. I'm over here like, I totally, yes, I communicate with them. We hang out. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I've really started to see the odd numbers as being more internal experiences. So whether that's solo or whether that means it's just a process that's happening within you or a quieter energy um, or a more receptive energy, which is funny because it's kind of the opposite of what uh, like Pythagoras would have said, odds are masculine. And in my experience with them, they don't have that kind of forward facing energy. It's actually the evens that are more external. Um, they're how we connect with others. They start to involve external forces, other people. So that's just, sorry, really, I think I went down that rabbit hole. No, I think it's like <laughs> such an important conversation. Yeah. Because I also love this idea of, I've been, I really love this idea of 
being kind of accountable for your language, right? Of like, like, because these terms, divine feminine, divine masculine, wounded feminine, wounded masculine, like there's so many layers of connotation there. And there's so much, there's so much patriarchy in those terms, right? And you can't really dismantle patriarchy by using the tools of patriarchy and the language of patriarchy. You just can't help. You can't even, even if you are trying very hard to break out of it, you can't help but reinforce it. And so I think this idea of like, we can just opt out of that whole, those terms and talk about getting specific about the actual, what you're actually trying to speak to is I think really powerful because I've just, yeah, this is something I've been, this is a, I've actually been like, I might, I might find your friend and see if he wants to come on the podcast. So this is a conversation that I've been sitting at a long time because it's a conversation like, I just think the way that we use those terms, I, I, I see them used in like really toxic ways where I'm like, you're just talking like straight up 1950s gender. <laughs> this is like nothing, nothing in life happening here. And then there's other ways that I see us like trying to question and like reclaim things, but then also reinforcing them in the same time. So I really like this invitation to just like be more specific with your terms and opt out of on unhelpful language so okay yeah. yay great rabbit wait, hole <laughs> okay wait hold on so now i have a question though we're just we're just yeah i'll yeah. for a little bit yeah. because of course. Have, and then i and then i definitely have to get into neurology because i want i want to get there well. yeah. Well, yeah we'll flow baby yeah <laughs> so i think my question here is that i totally hear hear you guys and i and i think my it's more of a question of sometimes the question is almost like, do you guys believe in binaries? So that's like a really weird question. What I mean is, I noticed within, what I noticed, I don't, here's the funny thing. I don't, what I have learned is that binaries ultimately don't really exist because once you kind of see the whole picture, it's all part of one. That is mm -hmm. my, and it is very much like when I think of yin and yang, like that's the perfect um, picture, like image for it because it's two pieces that are ultimately part of a whole and there is no separation and I think that is actually closer to the truth of our reality but I also notice binaries within myself and I've used the terms like feminine and masculine to like energies not you know to to just to sort of help me better understand the binary pieces in myself that done that do make up a whole do you know what I'm saying does this make mm -hmm. sense so I guess my question is like without getting so I've often struggled with wanting to describe these two parts of myself, um, not knowing how to ex talk about them without using the language of like ma masculine and feminine. And so is it is it that you suggest being more specific, talking about like what I might attribute to masculine being something like logic or hard and feminine being like soft or flow? Or is that in itself problematic? You know, is that just continuing the perpetual idea that this is what feminine is and this is what masculine is do you hear what i'm saying yeah 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 i totally do well first of all i have to say i am a cisgender woman who uh is not a gender theorist or you know i i this is something that is important to me and so i have read and and i and will continue to read and to listen and uh, to learn from my peers who are beautiful, non-binary, gender non-conforming trans community members. And and think I've, I'm just endlessly grateful for the wisdom that I've 
that I too have benefited from, from listening to their own journeys. So I just have to preface this with, um, this is just my opinion and where I am now. And that's subject to change as I keep learning. I think for me, binaries exist because we've created them. Like they have been created. And so one of the things that really blew it open for me was to look at why binaries have been created and they've been created for harm. They've been created for oppression. They were created for eugenics, like the actual scientific practice of deeming who it should be allowed to thrive and who needs to not exist essentially. And so uh, that for me was like, okay, these binaries are not to help us be our fullest versions of our fractal self. And we'll get into that with numbers as well. Like I already told you that one thing that I love is that everybody has a lot of numbers. And so just like everyone has 12 signs in their chart and all of these different placements, like we are not just one or the other there. So even though binaries culturally exist because we have created them and we reinforce them, I think they are just a part of the whole. And if we take a step back, then we cannot deny, like I said, I'm a cis woman, so we cannot deny cisgendered that that exists just as we would not deny transgender. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's now we're we're seeing the pendulum swing, like the pendulum has to swing back before we can kind of find any equilibrium because the power has just been so unbalanced for so long. Um, so I really support breaking beyond the binary because I do think it exists, but I think it's just such a minuscule part of the whole that I'm not sure how helpful it is to keep looking at it. I think I agree with everything you just said. I feel like, um, you know, the, the phrase that's echoing in my head is that Angela Davis quote of how like you can't tear down the master's house or the master's tools. So if the way I think about it is if 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 masculine and feminine are false constructions, like the way that we have understood gender is rooted in this false binary nature, is rooted in like patriarchy and white supremacy and all sorts of toxic, terrible shit, that those words are never neutral. Like we can never engage, we can never talk about masculine energy with neutrality. It's always loaded with so much baggage and so if we're trying to strip ourselves from the baggage if we're trying to heal towards like understanding the wholeness of the divine then or the wholeness of ourselves then continuing to use that language I think it like keeps us hooked into a broken system Mm -hmm. Which isn't the same as saying like the framework is there like we're all stuck living in it right like you don't you don't we we all are we all are living either in it or in reaction to it um and and so it's not it's not about like it's not about like denying that the binary exists because we experience it as we experience it but i think that when we can like subvert it or dive beneath it or be more specific in our language then it can get us to think more critically about it but if you hear like if you if someone says feminine, there's just like a laundry list of subconscious and conscious shop shit that shows up with that, that I think is less helpful than if we say like receptive energy. Do you know what I mean? And I also think there's something yeah. actually 
um, harmful about always linking receptive energy to feminine energy. Right. Um, God. Right. So that was part of my question. That was part of your question, which I do. I do totally see what you're saying. And I think. Yeah, because those are. Uh, Yeah, those are just constructs that are ultimately also made up and also not helpful. Like that's essentially saying like when I use the word like, yeah, it's just interesting because I want. Like, okay, if you are um, if you identify as a man, I want you to have access to being receptive. Like, I don't want that to be exclusive. Too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess that's, yeah. And I think the other thing that's complicated about this is like, in order to heal the God wound that I had, it, a lot of it was about this like nasty patriarchal energy that I was really afraid of. Like God, the father seemed like a real dick. And I, as a result of like trauma and conditioning was like, I don't trust you. Right. And so, so it's it this is what i where i feel like these conversations are really helpful and enlightening for me because it's not super clear to me what the path is because it would be i would be gaslighting myself if i was just mm-hmm. like nope we're just going to we're just going to ignore binary and we're just going to talk in terms of be more specific in our language because meanwhile i had to really and still have to really confront this notion that like kind of paternal energy is you know, like our masculine energy is unsafe as it relates to the divine. So that's complicated. Mm-hmm. It's that's super complicated. Yeah. And the the best answer that I have is I just don't know. Yeah, don't, yeah. yeah. I don't that's know. The most honest answer, which is um, great. <laughs> I love being in I don't know mine. Yeah. Because that opens you up for everything. Yeah. 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 I think something that I... Go, keep going back to is this idea. I've been having a lot of conversations with people about whether or not archetypes are actually helpful mm-hmm. or more real or any, you know, as we look at all these constructs and these tools that and symbols, really, these symbols and the language that we've been using to connect. And they are archetypes work for me. They might not work for everyone. If they don't work for you, great. I don't think you use them. I think everyone needs to be coming to any kind of spiritual practice, especially in tandem with other spiritual workers or healers or or therapists or support systems, that everyone is responsible for themselves and must maintain their own sovereignty and their own power. Like I don't, I actually don't believe that I can tell anybody anything that they don't already know. I'm just helping you to remember or connect the dots between things that you already know to be true about yourself and the world. And so when it comes to things like archetypes or or the gender binary or all of these constructs that we've created, it really is like source doesn't have any of those things. Yeah. It's our desire to mm-hmm. ourselves and it's our desire to actually personify the or like have the divine look like that all of a sudden and you're so you're so right with this god wound it's like we needed god to be understandable and so god is a man we understand that like we can god the father that is an archetype that we can get on board with we know what that means we know what that feels like and then thousands of years later we're still holding on to this very old very incorrect and limited uh anthropomorphization of 
something that is truly like true unknowable. Yeah. Truly unknowable. Like something that is truly unknowable and does not have any of those things. But yeah. we are so limited in our understanding that that's how we connected ourselves to that. Totally. Uh, I hear you 100%. Yes. I think there's, um, yeah, I think there's, there, it can be fun. And I think it's helpful also to not take it super seriously. But I think when we like zoom, zoom, zoom way out, oftentimes what I see is like, yeah, this is just, there's a wonderful Pete Holmes quote. He's this comedian that I love. And he says like, God is just the blanket that we throw over the abstract to give it shape. So we're just trying to give shape to things because our intellectual mind needs to understand it. And I'm not, but to, and I think to your point, Kylie, like, that's cool too. Like, do it, don't do it. Like, to deny that that we need, that that's helpful is, or that is oh, a weird type. Yeah, that's also like a weird thing where you're not free. You're not free to be able to have access to these things. So mm. a big fat, I don't know, I think is the answer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And I think the same can be said for numbers if you want us to segue back into numerology you are like the master of segues this is like your third genius transition yeah seriously we need I that on your numerology chart <laughs> <laughs> it might be yeah. maybe it is yeah. no um well thank you i think that i am so chat i'm so wordy and i love to go on tangents and i love like the way that this conversation has gone is chef's kiss to me beautiful this is how I like to talk but I I have I have to keep my eye on the prize like I have to keep my eye I can't lose the plot or I will be gone forever and so well you're very good at it and I think we need we need you yeah Eileen and I are usually just like off to the races and like I don't even know where we end up half the time so this is super well thank you I'm gonna play this recording for my wife every time she's like hey uh, where are we? I don't need to know about your best friend's father wound. Like we were talking about her trip to Disney. Just asked what you like, wanted to come back. Right, exactly. And I'm like truly lost to the wilderness, like swimming in the void. And she's like, how did I get here? Like let, let alone you, like how are we yeah. here now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that numerology as well is is another blanket, right? These are all just blankets that we're trying to to give shape to. Um, but something that's really interesting about about numbers to me is that we can look to nature and we can see like for some reason, the image of a flower keeps coming like a just a perfectly constructed sacred geometric flower. And you're like, that just grew. Come on. Like, come on. That just grew naturally. That is so fascinating and beautiful. And there has to be there ha- that has to mean something. There has to be meaning in that. But also um, that nature is just so such a holographic experience that, again, it seems so limiting to be putting binaries, to be putting all of these constructs and boxes around that which just truly is queer, <laughs> truly is, is flourishing in their, in their natural states and always changing. So I think numerology is a cool way that we can also look at ourselves and how we are always changing. So numerology really looks at cycles and it really looks at the spiral. So our building block numbers are one through nine. And those are the numbers of the spiral and of like the base journey. And then we also can look at 
double digit numbers, getting, you know, one level, like levels deeper into practice. We can look at some master numbers, which are 11 and all of its multiples. Um, so there are a lot of ways that we can engage with this information. So just to kind of start where I would start with the two of you and with anybody coming to me for a reading, I always start with what I, and again, I, I do love world religions. I, I'm here for all of this conversation. So I lovingly call this the Holy Trinity of your numerology chart. Wow. It is. <laughs> three number. We're Catholic. I'm here for the. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm really always trying to reclaim any parts of religion or religious iconography or language that feels cheeky to me. I just, <laughs> yep. I need to do it. Yes. Um, so this, your Holy Trinity is your life path number, which is your full birthday added until you get a single digit. Your, what I call your public persona number, which is just the month and the day of your birth added together. And then your yearly cycle. So like I said, we're looking at cycles here. So you add the month and the day of your birth to the current year to find out which yearly cycle you're in. And you can find this number for any year that you've been alive. And you'll start to see that you do cycle through one through nine, and then you start over at one. It just works. So you can start to see these nine-year chapters of your life and start to see like what narratives were playing out, um, which is really fascinating. So the way that I see these three numbers working together is I like to use a video game uh, metaphor. So your life path is like the most zoomed out it's the overall map of the game you're playing. So your whole journey, most folks don't totally feel connected to this number very early in life because it might feel very lofty. And it is. It's what you're here to grow through. It's what you're here to tussle with your whole life. Um, your yearly cycle is the most zoomed in. It's like the level you're currently on in the game and what's going on. And then your public persona is your avatar. So who are you showing up as in the game? What's in the toolbox? How do you present? How are you expressing yourself? There is a performative aspect of this, of this number. It's like, who do people meet in the world? You know, you're walking along the path and there's an, an ally and, and how do you meet them? So when I calculate these numbers for you both, okay, this is wild to me. So uh, Eva, you are on an 11 life path, which is a master number. So again, I said I use archetypes in my work. So I'm just going to keep that. I'm going to keep going, but I'll give you enough key concepts that if archetypes don't work for you, you'll still get um, the point. So I call the 11 life path the idealist. So um, Kylie, I also need already to listen. Tracked. Yeah, I also need you to listen to this information as well, because um, we'll get to that in a second. Oh, this is a but. <laughs> um, so 11 is the path of the idealist. So overall in this lifetime, you really, some would say that you have ascended the traditional spiral, the building block spiral, and that now you have access to a higher perspective or a, a deeper perspective, however you want to go in terms of direction. Yeah. So what you really have, um, have come here with is the ability to sit on top of the snow globe and kind of look down at everything and you see how perfect it all could be. Like you see the ideal form and you're like, oh my gosh. And we need, we need that. Like, hello, idealists, please come out of hiding. Like we need you right now more than ever, because you can actually help us to connect the dots between where we are and where we want to go. Mm -hmm. 
the trick is, and you've already said it, I'm already, we have to be with what is. We yeah. have to be with what is because idealists have a really hard time yielding to reality because they're like, but I see it and we can get there, but we're not there yet. <laughs> this is, this tracks so hard. I can't even keep my mouth shut because I could already tell what the butt was going to be like, where the challenge was going to be before you even said anything, because I was like, I already know because I'm already, I already, I already struggle with that. And this is so parallel to human design because I'm a projector in human design, which is like, I don't know if you know anything, but very similar, like we can see things, which gets us into trouble then because then we become know-it-alls. And for someone who's like, my partner who has to date me, he's just <laughs> really annoyed when I'm just like, but it could be this way and it could be ideal. And, you know, that it could go south really quick if you get too, um, yeah, too much in your head, too much in your ego, too much in your, in your know-it-all phase. So that, yeah. that also it just took everything in my power not to be like clapping along because <laughs> from my vantage point that tracks, but especially the first part where you were talking about like either your ability to like, just that you like this like embodiment of wisdom and like, like, uh, what's the word? Like foresight, this like ability to like see from a wiser perspective and like the responsibility to hold that space for us is like, yes, like, yes, a thousand times. Thanks, Kylie. Mm-hmm. Well, I said this already at the, I think before we started recording or at the, at the top, I said the self-serving reason I wanted to have Rebecca on was because, and this is like, I I did a thing with someone and at the very end of this, like, we weren't even talking about numerology, but at the very end, she like was like, I'm curious what your numbers are. She did like the boop, 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 boop and found out that I was a master number 11. And let me just tell you, my ego loved that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, yes, of course, of course. And, um, and 11 to like, I think all 11s are psychics. They just are like, whether they're in touch with that aspect of themselves or not, it really is truly one foot in the world, one foot beyond the veil in whatever way um, that means for you. So I do think ego journeys are big for 11s because you do have to contend with that sense of self here. The thing that actually is helpful is if you look at the root number. So we can still look at two because 11, one plus one will get us to two. Okay. So two is the root number of 11. It's like the two, two feet on the ground version. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you can talk now. And two is the, is the peacemaker. So two is the number of love and relationships. It's the number of the other. So if one is the self, then two is the other. It's diplomacy and kindness and compassion. It's heart energy. It what It's what allows us to connect and be in collaboration with folks. So there is, yes, you have these double ones. So there is absolutely, you know, ego and overinflated ego. Like they're both there and accounted for. But in your root energy is really other other energy. So like desire to connect with others, desire to, um, to have peace, to have compassion, to live kind of as one. So I think that's helpful to kind of balance that out whenever you're, you're like brushing your hair back. Yeah, totally. I'm so wise. I'm such a master. (laughs) Oh, you're in the spiral. How quaint. Yeah. (laughs) So I also just want to echo back when Sophia Adler was on and did her like North Node, South Node reading. This is kind of similar. That last piece is kind of, I'm remembering what she was saying about your like North Node to South Node journey of like around community and like you're like 
Oh, I'm like struggling. I'm not totally grasping all of it, but I remember there was something about like Gordon journey to like your role within community. Yeah, you're right. She did say that, like connecting with people. Yeah, I think was like and people like, yeah, she said something like like not being alone, but like with people with these. Yeah, that's going to be really important for me. Yeah, well, 11 at the 11th house in astrology is the house of community. So it's all interconnected. That's what I love about it. Um, So your public persona number, which is just the month and the day. So like how you show up in space is a seven. So January 6th. Mm -hmm. So now we can kind of balance these two energies against each other. So seven is the archetype of the seeker. And seven, <laughs> no. And again, ladies, we are putting a huge pin in all of this because I can't wait. Um, so seven is the number of spirituality, of secrets, of questions, of analysis. So hello, yes, of course. Here you are, a psychic on a spiritual journey, right there in your numbers, you know. Yes, yeah. So um this is yeah, this is questions. Something that's interesting about seven energy is I don't say questions and answers. I say questions and analysis or questions and better questions, questions and understanding, because I actually don't think that seven energy is that interested in the answer. They're really interested in the quest. And so that also can be very dogged and intense because you can be like chewing on the same bone over and over and over again and not really making any progress Mm -hmm. or, or moving the needle forward because how it's amazing that you already are in a place where you're like I love living in the I don't know Mm -hmm. because that's the best place for seeker energy to be comfortable living in yeah um so that they can just be driven by their curiosity instead of um like feeling like they're just beating their head against the wall and not getting anywhere yeah so before I get to your yearly cycles or even hear your thoughts on that um Kylie your numbers are exactly the same, but flipped. You are on a life path seven and a public persona of 11. So hello, ladies, you have found each other in the wild west and, the, you know, wow. and you have the same number energies, but flipped. So where Eva, you are on this journey of the idealist, this lifelong bringing your higher perspective um, you express yourself and show up in space through this like curious seeker energy, wanting to understand. And Kylie, you are living the journey of the seeker. So your journey is not about higher perspective as much as it is about depth and understanding and like really getting in the soup and like slurping it up and, you know, and really like continuing to question and continue it to want to find. Um, whatever it is that you're looking for. And the way that you express yourself is higher perspective, idealist, um, how great. Like, I love these energies flipped because they're same, same, but different. You both are bringing the same energy to the stage. Um, but just you have your eyes on like slightly different prizes where, but how you show up, like Eva, you might actually show up in space with more questions and more um like dogged searches whereas Kylie you show up with this oh well okay but let's use that information to help us connect the dots to help us get 
get to the bigger picture. But the best part is that then you also have your eyes on the other person's prize as well. So the only thing different about y'all so far in terms of your numerology are your holy trinities are your yearly cycles. You're not on the same um, yearly cycles. But in terms of like your core numbers, it's the same but flipped. But yeah, that makes so much sense. Yes. <laughs> <So> cool. <laughs> that is, yeah, it's almost like not a coincidence. <laughs> I mean, divine construction, right? We have to, there is um, a very, very uh, tricky, it's nuanced, right? There's the statement of there are no coincidences. And numerologists love this phrase. I know some astrologers who love this phrase. There are no coincidences. And I see how it's problematic and that language has absolutely been co-opted to mean things um, that are, you know, spiritual bypassing and gaslighting and all of those things that we don't want to go into. Uh, however, the more I do numbers, the more I'm like, there really are no coincidences, you guys. Like magic is real. So um, yeah, so it's pretty, it's pretty magical. I love this because I can I can see. I'm kind of intrigued to see how like letting this information settle, but I can already see all the ways in which this tracks like on the like personal, like when I, I feel like, like when my seeker energy, like my personal like, kind of inner journey gets like agitated, I feel like Eva has this incredible ability to like help draw me out. Like, you know, like when I'm like, you know, messaging you in private and we're talking like, and I'm like, feel like I'm like Sherlock Holmesing away. <laughs> you do really have this um, amazing ability to just like kind of like lift my perspective up and see the bigger picture. And then in reverse, I feel like when I'm holding space for you, it is usually the like, okay, great, let's go all the way down into the nitty nitty gritty and like yes. find the like needles in the haystack. I would say like you, it's so interesting. Like the energy of when I get to talk to you, like you totally pull me down and like ground me you have this like really it's like so soothing to me it's soothing and nurturing and also but like logical and like it's just like safety it's like we're just we're just gonna pull you back down and like have you it, I, it's deep and it's I don't even know how to describe it it's so co comforting yeah, I love this mutual love fest. Yeah, sorry. Listeners will stop, but we can go back and forth, compliment each other for like mm, at least another 20 minutes. <laughs> well, and this is the perfect to like full circle it to our uh, gender conversation. I shared that I no longer use gender in my work. And so my understanding is that the odd numbers are internal experiences and the evens are external experiences. So you're saying, my seven energy, which is more internal and deep, and Eva's ex, uh, even number two mm -hmm. is more of an external energy. You know, you pull me out. You take me in. You pull me out. Mm -hmm. So that's that's my understanding of, of these energies and and how they actually kind of work on us. Yeah. 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 Ooh. So then, yeah. so then your yearly cycle before we before we move too far away from your own personal charts. So we find uh, in the spiral of nine, you know, where where do you land? So Eva, you're in a three yearly cycle. So in the third year of this cycle. So you can look back to 2019. 2019 was the first year of this new cycle. Okay. So looking at 28, like what was wrapping up in 2018? What was starting in 2019? You might not always see growth actually until kind of the three year. Hopefully you'll start to 
um, see some things happening, percolating in the physical, because three is the number of the birth of the physical um, and, and of language. So three is all about communication and expression. It's language. It's magic. Um, it's the first time that we, if you think of one as the self and two as the other, then three is like, we have to talk about it. That's what we all have evolved. Uh, human beings have evolved to understand language and to be able to speak to one another. And, and that's, you know, what sets us apart from, from other animals. And so here now we have this like trickster magic where we're trying to take all of these abstract concepts and really ground them into words. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we've already, we've already struggled with this, even in the yeah. conversation. Yeah. It's like, how do we take these things and then we make them physical, we make them into words, and then we know that words are spells. And so we have to be mindful of, of what we're saying and how we're saying it. Um, so big three themes for you this year is all about language and expression and communicating. And this could be personal, this could be uh, public facing. So, you know, your podcast is absolutely an expression of your of your three energy. But really three energy is about like throwing all it's creative. So it's like throw the spaghetti at the wall. You don't even have to see what sticks until next year. (laughs) Like just if you are feeling it and you want to make it or you want to do it or you want to play with it or you want to dress differently today or you want to cut off all your hair or you want to start speaking in slang you've never used, like try it out. This is really the year for you to have expressive freedom, Mm -hmm. especially around if you look back to a few years to see like what kind of started around 2019, like what seeds were planted for you in those years. Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to also say this totally tracks and like, um, and I might want, might want to share some things, but I, I would actually love to hear, I don't want to like get too lost. I'd actually love to hear where Kylie is. Yeah. We can like, we can like each share some things. Totally. Okay. So Kylie, you are in a seven year. So Whenever our yearly cycle matches our life path, I think of this as like a spicy portal. There is a an opportunity here, <laughs> but there's an opportunity here to like really, if we're talking quantum physics, like really collapse your timeline and make some moves. And it's always tied around our path and our purpose and whatever that means to you. You know, it's totally... I'm not even sure, like my purpose on this earth, one of my purposes is just to experience pleasure that people in my family line were never able to access. So purpose is what you make it. But um, so themes for seven can get a little tricky, a little intense because seven energy is intense and (laughs) very dogged. (laughs) So you are experiencing this double seven energy that is kind of a, a portal into your actual spiritual path because seven is the number of spirituality might really be experiencing a lot of big changes around belief systems, around how you are even asking questions about, you might be questioning things that you never in a million years thought you would be, you're like, this was solid. And then this year, somehow it is not. Um, You also are nearing the end of the cycle. So your cycle will end in two years, just as, I mean, here we go. Just as Eva started two years ago, yours will end in two years. Um, So you are nearing the end of this cycle. So you can look back 
seven years ago to see kind of what started and where you might be now. Um, but you are in the wrap up. So where you are in the in the cycle is the questions that you're asking yourself this year, you will be able to take action on them next year in the eight year. Eight is all about action and all about power and embodiment. So, and really like being centered and owning yourself and doing. And so, and and being resourced, like divinely resourced. So whatever you're, you don't actually need to know the answers. You don't need to take action in this year. You are very much in the soup. And so that can be a very intense experience. So I just, if I'm seeing you nod and like, if that's where you are, I'm validating that um, this is for the rest of the year. So hang on, you're so close. You know, we have three months of this energy. It's been a delightful, it's actually been a very delightful experience. Like it's been really, really, really beautiful, especially the past few months. Um, so just to like, I'm nodding along at the intensity of it. Cause yeah, it's been like the episode that we aired earlier this week is a story about how without drugs, I had a seven hour psychedelic trip. Seven. Just, just seven. Oh. Yep. <laughs> just like randomly, like basically out of nowhere. Like, so the, um, the like mysticism that's happening in life. Yeah. Volumes all the way up. But, but just to clarify the intensity has been like really incredible and like joyful and delightful. Um, not necessarily like pain and drudgery. I've done that before. I've done that lots of times before. Good, good. And thank you for saying that because seven is also about infectious mystery and delight. You know, it really is about um, dancing with the void in a way that you, that is very joyful, that is very delightful. It's, the idea of like, I don't know, and then laughing. I, now I'm thinking about that scene from Mary Poppins where they all start laughing and they float to the ceiling. Like that feels like very seven energy. Like who can say why that's happening or how that's happening? But here we all are laughing on the ceiling. Like that's very, and if that's we very seven. It, it's like, uh, like there's a, there's a, even though there's a seven is the seeker energy, there's also this way, it just as I'm feeling into it, it's like, if you ask too many questions, you stop floating, right? right like you come down, you have to right. kind of just like fall into the mystery of it. But you, it's all the questions that got you to the place where you get to fall into the mystery of it. That's my, that's been my experience. Yeah. 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 Because I, so I was born on seven, seven, even though seven is not a number um, in my Holy Trinity, it's absolutely a number that is very present in my life and in my, um, in, in my actual birthday, like the digits are right there. So I run seeker energy constantly. Mm-hmm. And I think every rabbit hole I've found myself at the bottom of, like you do just kind of have to throw your hands up and be like, we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what's interesting. It's good to know that about yourself or else that's when you really get into suffering. And again, speaking from experience. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. The endless seek, like the, the, the attachment, like, can come with seeking is I think a very dangerous thing yeah I did just have to google what's 2021 minus seven so I could figure out when I started the cycle oh I know I'll do the math I can do the it's okay it's 2014 I, I think okay great yeah now I have to try to figure out what the hell was happening in 2014 but honestly I was like I have no I was like I'm only trying to go three years back and I'm like oh, 
I'm like with the pandemic and everything. And like, I know Trump era. I was like, I can't even remember. That's all I remember. I'm like, pandemic, Trump. Didn't you yeah. meet Phoenix in 2019? I don't remember when I moved, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It might have been 2018. Yeah. Kylie, your one year is 2015. So you can look oh. to 2014, 2015 to see like what was ending and what was beginning. I really think that nine and one are. Um, kissing cousins. They are the yeah. closest. They seem the farthest away, but they're actually the closest together. Um, mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times I'll have people look at both the nine year and the one year because the that transition period tends to overlap more than we think mm-hmm. it does. Mm-hmm. And people will be like, no, nothing happened to me then. And I'll be like, okay, go back one year further. And they'll be like, I moved. I had a baby. I had this. And I was like, okay, great. Okay. Thank yes. Then, 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 <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that tracks with when I moved. Rebecca, yeah. what's your life? What What's your life number? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am on an eight life path. Okay. And eight is the number I already kind of gave some of it away. Eight is the number of power. It's the number of karma and of Uh, divine, infinite divine resourcing. If you turn eight on its side, you get the Mm. infinity symbol. Um, God, if you do the the name numeral, like the word numerology for God, God is an eight word. So it is really divine power and flow. Um, But then it's also embodiment. So eight lives in our skin. All of these numbers have bodily correlations, which is really cool. So eight is the skin, the largest organ, the most like resilient organ. Um, And it also is the sex organ. So like your drive, your ambition. So eight gets a little bit of a bad rap under capitalism because people really want to relegate it to business. They're like, mm-hmm. it's it's business. These are your boss babes. You know, these are your CEOs and your managers. And I'm like, yes, sure. But really eight is kind of like being a generator in human design. Eight is so capable. They like people who have eights in their charts can literally do whatever they want to. It, they'll just figure it out. They'll find out how to do it. Again, infinitely resourced. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes what do it lives in your in your uh, root and your sacral chakra. So like, what do you want to do? Because you just because you can do something doesn't mean that it you should right yeah. for you. You should do it. Right. Yeah. So what do you want to be putting your energy towards? Um, it's also the life path of empowerment and embodiment. And so I just look at myself and my own a cocktail of self-esteem and body issues and see all of those lessons. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. we're tracking, we're doing it. I definitely <laughs> don't have imposter syndrome if that's what you think. Um, yeah. So I'm on an eight life path yeah. and feeling it. So, but what does your life path number mean? Does that mean that you, are you here to grow into that number or how do you utilize this number? Can I say, can I quickly interject something about eight that's cool yeah. before you do that? Which is, so if I'm at the end of a seven, right, you know, eight is, in, is the year I'm going into. Uh, I j- just announced that uh, I'm launching a course that will start at the end of November. That's about literally everything you just described. It's about like embodying, like healing our relation, divine relationship with Bunny in a way that like, is embodiment and like dismantles capitalism <laughs> and like allow great work for an eight year 
Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, of course, that's hilarious and track. So I just had to share that little baguette that the tail end of 2021 that will begin. And it's a six month program. So it's like the whole first half of 2022 is is that. Well, that's you can just channel your eight energy. Sorry, yeah, yeah, already, yeah. already coming in. OK, so, yes, please explain to us. OK, yeah. yeah. So this is super lofty. So honestly, the first thing that came to mind and I'm frustrated with this as well. So <laughs> this is not helpful to me either, um, is that we as human beings, we just really want to understand and we want to have firm grasps on things. And we want to be like, how can I put this into use for me now so that I can check the box on the journey? You know, I think I could see my brain going like. <laughs> What do I do with this? Immediately, I'm like that. Make meaning, understand. Yeah. You know. Yes. And we want to intellectualize everything. And again, I run, but I run a lot of seeker energy. So I totally vibe on that wavelength. Um, I think our life path is here to work on us. I don't think we're here to do anything with it. I think that the yearly cycle is where we can work with the energy that is present right now. I think that the life path, which some practice uh, practices call it the karmic path or the destiny path. I think that the life path is really um, here to, to teach us. We are here to just go along for the ride. And those are going to be like our major themes, our major life lessons. And like our big evolutions are going to be on track for the themes of your life path number. But I don't know that we really actively do something with it. You know what? I love it. <laughs> I'm like, great. Great. I'm like, great. yeah. Yeah. That takes I me into, that. that takes me into, I don't know energy, which is good. Yeah. yeah. So for a master path of like 11, how that's going to, how the, the idealist will work on you. I do think that it is a little bit like, um, you know, keeping your eye on your higher self or your or your favorite self. Someone reframed higher self to favorite self. And I really loved that. Love so, that. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do that now. Um, so I do think it's a little bit of, um, especially if you're working with the archetype, you can be like, okay, my favorite self is a master number idealist or my favorite self is fully embodied and is in her power and can make her decisions. And for you, Kylie, you know, my, my highest self is curious and, and dogged and interested and, and spiritual and all those things that, that really light me up. And, and I can, I, I can close the gap and be that person every day. So I do think we can work with our archetype in terms of really being who who we want to be or who we think our favorite or our best self is mm -hmm. um because we do like i said you might not feel totally connected to the number earlier in life because that's the journey for you that's that's the path that you're walking but i do think if archetypes work for you you can kind of you can even cast like the character yeah of of like who is this person and yeah i love that yeah and how do i how do i embody them every day yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. Woo. <sighs> <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I'm just like in receiving moment of like, mm, yeah, I think I need to like, after this podcast, I'm thinking I'm going to like sit really for a little bit and process. <laughs> Even like you're talking about, you know, brought in the infinity symbol with eight, but just, yeah, just this infinity. Like our show is a literal infinity loop. 
Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's something yeah. very, um, yeah. Oof. <sighs> you took us on a journey, Rebecca. <sighs> I love it. Well, thank you for allowing me to do that. You didn't even know. You <laughs> don't yeah. even know. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And I will say that, so for anyone who's listening and and for you, even bringing up your show is a really good point. So we can do numerology. You can do the Holy Trinity for anything that has a birthday. So you can look at the day that you launched this podcast. Like what was the date that you released the first episode? And you can chart the podcast and see like what's the energy of the show um, in terms of its full long journey. Like what's going to work on it? How does it show up? How is it expressing itself in, in public? Um, fun. What's the yearly cycle, right? What are, how are, how is it currently evolving and working with the energies present? Um, so you can do that for, you know, your podcast, anyone who's listening, you can do it for your business. You can, I mean, once you know this, you can chart everyone in your life, which is like, I, at now I'm horrible. I talk to people and I just look at them and go, oh, what are your number? Yeah. Like I'm <laughs> charting them in my brain. Of I'm like, I must know. Of course. Um, yeah. I did, I did chart one last number for the both of you, if that's okay, if I may. Yeah, of course. So, um, like I said, there are, we look at cycles. So the, the most succinct one are these nine year chapters of life. So you can start to, to break up your life into these nine year chunks and kind of see what narrative is playing itself out or what was happening for you, um, in the cycle of nine years. Then there are a few tools that you can use to look at like larger groupings um, of chapter, like larger chapters of your life and start to see the the most modern one is called the pinnacles. So you can break your life up into four pinnacles and kind of see the themes that are that are working for you in these larger chapters. Um, so part of that is what's called the turning point age. And this is the double digit number that you would get if you're adding your whole birthday up to get to your life path. Um, it's the double digit number that you would have to do some extra math on in order to get the single digit. So this age is said, again, you know, to be some kind of turning point for a person where they make a choice or a change or an opportunity comes to them. You know, we're all active agents in our own lives, um, but things show up for us every day uh, that do change the trajectory or are big like turning points in someone's life. So Eva, your turning point age is 29. So 29 would be getting to 11. So you can look at 29, which is also hello, Saturn return. Huh? Hello, you know, in, in these pinnacles, that would be right around the change from your youth years to your power years, you know, your first pinnacle to your second. So big, like that's right on the money for all of these other modalities that will tell you 29 is, is a big age. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that's your turning point age. And Kylie, your turning point age is 34. Of fucking course. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> Dude, this is truly amazing. Magic. 29 was a huge year for me. It was very much like a spiritual. I mean, I think you have different love, like different, different spiritual awakenings or whatever different. Uh, I, and in fact, I, I would say it continues to unfold, but 29 was definitely like a holy shit. Need to get my sh like shit together. Um, 
like, I think it's when I really started. I would say I think I ventured down um, my spiritual interests a couple of years before, but 29 is when I think I was like, okay, this is going to start showing up in my life, like in a really big way. So, yeah. yeah. I'm having a super trippy moment because I'm actually realizing, like, I, I've held the truth of like, oh, yeah, 34, all these things happened that changed my life. But I'm actually realizing right now that that was only two years ago. And my brain is like, I'm like having like this like zooming like you know when like the camera just zooms in and out really fast. Wait, is that the year that you? Yeah, so 34 is when my daughter was born. That's the year that I like actually found the Akashic Records. It's the year that I like finally acknowledged to myself some really serious trauma that needed my attention. Is that when we uh, started this podcast? It's no, oh, and like yeah, at the end of end of 34. Yeah, yeah, it's was I might have been. I think we started recording and I might have been 30. At the very least, when we started planning it, I was still 34. And uh, it's the year that um, yeah, I already mentioned the Akashic Records. And um, oh, it's the year I also started my business. Yes. Like my entire life started in 34. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a big age. Um, and your yearly cycle two years ago was five. So five is the number of the messy middle it's mm -hmm. fun it's freedom it's breakthrough it, you know it's it like it's not fun <laughs> well look it's not it's okay. not and i will say i will okay so five is my public persona number and mm -hmm. so i do have a soft spot for the number five but you are correct that five is not a uh it's not a it's not an authentic experience, right? It, it is chaos fun. magic, right? It yeah. can be. Oh, so I'm not. I'm going to be adventure. I'm going to be approaching chaos magic. Cool, cool. Yes, but everyone is experiencing chaos magic this year because 2021 two plus two plus one is five. So we are in a five global year this year, and five is the messy middle. So we are transitioning from the first part of the spiral, which 2020 was a wild way to usher us into the next. And now, at least for me, it tracks like looking out into the world like, yeah, we're in it now, baby. Like we, there is no going backwards. We are only going forwards, but we have no idea what that looks like. We truly are in the messy middle. Um, so the good news is that once we hit 2022, which has all of those beautiful twos, two, 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 right place, right time, um, beautiful twos right in a row, which get us to six. And six is the exhale. So where um, five is the contraction, six is expansion. Six also brings its own um, its own things like we need to move slowly. You know, the day that you get the cast off is not the day that you run the mile. There is rehab involved. There is rest and recovery. We might need to be calling on our support systems in the sixth year because we probably got all riled up this year and our nervous systems are all fried. And so we need to, to take a time out and really tend to ourselves, right? Six is also the lovers and the tarot. So it's, it's love of others. It's self-love. Um, it's taking care, like it's the nurturer. That's my archetype for six. So how do we care for one another? Um, and then how are we responsible for one another as well? So I do think we're we're in for um, a meaty six year, but hopefully we'll be able to like take some deep breaths and exhale a little bit after 
after, yeah, this year, which has been wild. Mm, yeah. I just want to say I did look up our show and uh, we published it on February 12th, 2020. That's a lot of twos. Oh, shit. Wow. Wow. Two. Okay. February 12th, 2020. Wow. Really? Yeah. That was our first episode. Okay. I love this for you. So your show is on the life path of nine. So the humanitarian, it's like the nine is the collective. So nine is, you know, if one is the self, then nine is the all, it's the end. Um, so you're really in the soup of, of, yeah, the collective and of looking at kind of consciousness on this, on this grander scale and humanitarian wanting to be of service. So how can we talk about what we know? Nine is a very mental energy, um, higher learnings, <laughs> wisdom, like all of the things. How can we take what we know <laughs> and how can we be of service? Like how can we put that to use in our, in our lives and to help our communities um, to better themselves? And then 212, change, change maker, number five. So 212, um, has the public persona of of the change maker. So you're showing up. There's a little chaos magic here in your show as well. Um, but really, the energy that your show is bringing to a public space, uh, what's coming through is like it can be confronting, but that's okay. Like you're here to be of service, which means people will need to change. Yeah. Like okay you're bringing, you're you're bringing wisdom, and you're bringing your your show is bringing different perspectives and and different wisdom that that could be confronting to listeners and and could but really it's going to enact a lot of change and and lead people on on those journeys as well i love that yeah shit and then it's in a one it's in a one year this year so it start if it started last year which mm -hmm. your first year of life is always your um public or sorry your life path number mm -hmm. um so it really yeah, it, it's on a it's on a one year. So maybe this is really the start of it or um, this is the year that you're figuring out what the show is and and who you are and and who you want to be in the show and and all you of those things. You are my mind. Yeah, can we just it's real? <laughs> okay, let's just jump back into the recording. Yes, truly you are blowing my mind. Like, I feel like you've just completely read me with numbers <laughs> what I think is so amazing about this is like I've I never thought that like what how is this even possible like how do you do this with numbers like some part of me is like okay yeah astrology I can I get that like the stars and where I was born location all that stuff and 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 you know and human design same thing that you know there's there's a lot of similarities between human design and astrology but I'm like this is numbers and yet there's really an alarming amount of accuracy um it's it's magic <laughs> it's magic yeah that's what it yeah. yeah yeah I mean one thing that I think is so cool is there are many schools of thought so you so I said you know my lineage is Pythagorean numerology uh there's also Chaldean numerology which is Babylonian um you know comes from ancient Babylon and is now called Chaldean there is um Chinese numerology so all of these systems and they're all slightly different. So if you're studying with somebody who uses Chaldean numerology, they're not going to get you the same numbers that I just gave you. Um, they actually put a lot of emphasis on um, just like digits from the birthday. And there's this whole name chart. It's very like very cool. Um, so 
if you're out on the Google, you know, if the two of you or anyone who's listening is out on the Google and and starts finding conflicting information, yes, throw it in, you know, yeah. throw it into the compost heap. Um, it all works. It's all just slightly different. But one thing that pretty much does track the the energies of what the numbers mean. So you might find slightly different variations. I've done a lot of personal work. I'm I'm all about personal experience with the divine, which um, there's a word for that. It's called gnosis. And so I'm all about personal, yeah, personal gnosis, personal knowledge through experience. So a lot of my, the way that I talk about numbers uh, is what I've learned and what I've experienced. So I tend to use a lot of flowery language, you know, and descriptors that you might not find like on your average website, but the the information is all, is there's a through line for sure. I have a question for you. You yeah. kind of hinted at this now a couple of times. I love this notes. I mean, I'm, I'm also a big, I mean, to me, mysticism and gnosis are like the same, like, like totally. That's like what, why one would pursue mysticism is for the gnosis. Okay. That's like the most seeker thing probably anyone's ever said. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but uh, if you feel comfortable sharing, I would, I love to hear a little bit about what this kind of what this means for you or how you experience like or find I don't know how to ask this question but like what does it mean for you to like sit in the energy of numbers and meet with them Hmm. yeah no that's a great question um so sometimes it is doing the okay this is a great question um so the first thing that's coming to mind is like you can calculate the number for any day based on the date. So you can add up. I haven't even done the numbers of today, but it's we're recording this on September 27th, 2021. So today is a five day. It's a 23 five um, day. So if I know that it's a five day, then I can see how that shows up for me, like how the themes of five show up in my life. And then I have personal experience. So like, okay, here's a, a really mundane uh, thing that happened to me today. I went to have coffee with a friend. Uh, it's a new friend. We just started hanging out in real life. Thanks pandemic. Um, <laughs> you know, and she's moving. And when we met for coffee, she said, I'm moving sooner than we thought. This is our last IRL hang. And that was a change. So five is the number of change. Mm-hmm. Like I was not expecting that sudden and unexpected change. I was not expecting to show up to this coffee and have my friend say, this is the last time we're going to see each other in person for the foreseeable future. So that's total five energy. There was no way for me to prepare for that. It just showed up. And then I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Well, I guess we'll make the most of this coffee. And, you know, obviously our our Zoom friendship that will continue. Um, but that was something like a very mundane way that five energy showed up. So that's that's personal experience. You know, I can say that's five energy. When I started writing about five energy for 2021, I spent a whole afternoon writing this newsletter and my computer crashed and the whole thing was deleted. And I just sat there going, this is five energy and five energy wants us to learn through physical experience. So if I'm going to 
talk to anybody about five energy and be worth my salt, then I have to have had experience with five energy, which is now I have to do that work all over again. Uh, because that was and and how to be graceful in those moments, like how to sit there and be like, this is trash and <laughs> we will rebuild. <laughs> so um, so that's one way of just knowing the even just it's like basic knowing the keywords for each of the numbers and then seeing how that shows up for you in life because i think numerology works in all directions you can do a little bit of forecasting you really can because if you're saying you know even the information that i've shared with you tonight is pretty accurate if you were to calculate two years from now what that experience is going to be like you can start to see what themes are going to be present and then um, hopefully that's how it shows, you know, they'll show themselves to you in due time. Um, and it also works backwards. You can decode a lot that's happened to you. Um, and then we can work in the present. So what day is it today? What's the energy? So like really basic. You can know the keywords and start applying those keywords to um, whatever numbers you know are going to show up. Yeah. I also channel them, you know, like you would channel the Akashic Records or yeah. like you would channel... Um, any kind of deity or or spirit. Yeah. I just I'll write, I'll automatic write as the numbers. I've spent a lot of time having mm -hmm. conversations or I I really love bibliomancy. So sometimes a number will pop in and I'll go to the bookshelf and I'll know which book to pick Wait, and I'll what, open it. What's, what's bibliomancy? Oh my God. Bibliomancy. You should know because this would be a great thing for you to play with in your three year. Okay. So bibliomancy is the act of like divination through books. So it sometimes a number will pop in and I will know what book to go grab and I'll turn to that page and there will be a message for me on that page. Sometimes it, you don't even need a number. You just you can literally pick up any random book that's lying around. You can flip to a page, put your finger on it, see what happens, like see if that message is for you. Um, I love this so yeah. much. Liam Anthony's <laughs> cool. I have a whole huge bookshelf of books in my in my house. But also, I think what you are sh offering is like, this is just another modality of how we can do this. There's, you can do this with so many things, but a reminder of like life can be play like anything can be play what this to me sounds like a fun way to live life this is it's like Kylie was telling me the other day how or we were both talking about how like sometimes we'll just go on a walk and be like where am I guided to walk as in it's it's play it, and this is how I think sometimes you can imbue more magic into your life and I've never even but books carry a lot of meaning in my life and I feel like books carry a lot of meaning in your life too Kylie and for oh, many yeah. and probably for a lot sure. of people so like um, just a really fun way to add more texture and layers into all of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and that's kind of full circle back to my original, like, I know saying like, what isn't spirituality to me at this point, like it's such an integrated part of my life does absolutely, um, open the door for you to be like, okay, do you just not interact with the real world? Like you just yeah. think everything's magic. Um, and of course, I interact with the real world. Like we, you know, we've already covered that. But I do think that things like this, like I can sit here today and say that I fully experience magic every single day of my life. It doesn't 
always look like wowie kazowie miracle fireworks like I would like. I would love, would love for that to happen. But I do experience magic daily, whether it's through noticing, you know, interacting with people, noticing things on the street, um, starting to find signs, allowing myself to be led somewhere. I, I just do like it's such a part of my everyday life. Um, yeah, like even up, up there was <laughs> there was a one pride. We went to pride and I was really thirsty and I was standing there at the parade and I was like, oh, my kingdom for a bottle of water. And then I started talking to someone next to me and a total stranger. And then he was like, I'm about to run into the store and grab something. Do you want anything? Water, drink? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I turned to my wife and I I literally, I'm such a nerd. I'm like very not cool. I turned to her and I said, babe, by being myself, I manifested water. <laughs> we laugh about that all the time because I, I, that's just how I want to interact with the world. And it's not, it's not possible in every moment, but in every moment that it is possible, I want it. Yeah. I yeah. hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. And then also like everyone listening, don't worry, I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm like, <laughs> like squiggle brain. We are try. I do. Okay. I'm cognizant of the fact that I back me up. Sorry. I know. It's just no, no. It's just say like, I think I could talk to you for a thousand hours and we're real life friends now. So get ready for the DMs. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, before we let you go, I want to hear about your book. Speaking of bibliomancy and books yeah. and lands, I, you know, I'm a, like, you know, we're, we're book nerds here. So please tell us about your book. Yes. Thank you. Um, yes. Okay. So um, I have written a book. It's on numerology and witchcraft. So specifically how to add numbers to your witchcraft. Uh, it is going to be published next year in 2022. It is very exciting and scary and all of the things. Um, so it's the first draft of it is in. I am that's where we are in the process right now, starting to move into edits. Is there a name? Are you allowed allowed to tell us the name or is it like yeah, tentatively I don't know. Tentatively it's called the numbers witch, but okay. could change. Got it. Um very straightforward, you know. Um, but it could change, but that that still feels good for it. Um, so it's a little bit of numerology 101 through my eyes and my practice, and then a lot of like hands-on application of this and ideas. And something that's been interesting for me as I've been writing the book is that my definition of witch is very broad. And I think that one of the things that I want to bring to it is like it's definitely for anyone who is a spiritual seeker or interested in magic. There are craft specific things throughout the book, um, but I really wanted to bring like a buffet of ideas for people. So bibliomancy's in it, the Akashic Records are in it, automatic writing is in it. And then there are actual like literal spells that I'm like, you could do this with these magical items and whatnot. Um, as well as information, how to find your Holy Trinity, your name numbers, your pinnacles, your turning point ages. So all of these other um, numbers as well. So the draft that I've handed over is this really cool amalgamation of a lot of spiritual craft and who knows what it will turn into, you know, when it's done, but I'm, I'm really excited for it. And, and what, yeah. what publisher is it? 
coming out under? Okay, so this is wild. If you if you want to know the 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 crazy magic that I experienced on this one. So, like I said, we're in a global five year. So five in the tarot is the hierophant, and in January of the five year, I was uh, approached by hierophant publishing to work on this book. <laughs> so uh, my publisher is Hierophant Publishing. They are under the umbrella of Hampton Roads, which also has like Wiser, um, Red Wheel, Wiser. Oh no, I'm. you're going to have to fact check me on that one. Um, but they do a lot of work in the spiritual and alternative religious spaces. So, well, yeah, whenever that comes out, we would great. like... We would totally love to yeah, have you back. Come on. back so we can celebrate yeah. uh, being published. Yeah. And for real. For which real. sounds very nurturing for our upcoming six year. <laughs> yes. And expansive. We'll all grow. We'll all learn. Yes. Yeah. 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 And um, okay, you can cut this out, but when is this airing? It's like two weeks, two to three weeks from now. Yeah. Okay, great. So what I have right on the docket um is on October 23rd, it's a Saturday, I'm teaching a workshop called Numerological Spellcasting for Samhain. So we're going to be talking about our own numbers, but then also how we can start to build Samhain, which is the witch's new year. So this is a, a transition. You know, we'll talk about how that how that works with the Gregorian calendar and into into Samhain, if you'd like to move away from the Gregorian calendar, but how to craft um, spells for Samhain with numerology. So that's on October 23rd in the afternoon. And it's part of a larger weekend by Insight Events called The Gathering of Witches. So it's a whole weekend and the um, the facilitators are incredible. Like I'm so honored to be a part of this. And yeah, I can send you all the information. So that's like the fastest way to work with me um, is this workshop. I also do private where reading. Well, if I need to immediately go buy a ticket to this, where do I go? <laughs> yes. So I can send you the link. Um, but my website is www.rebeccaskolnick.com and the information is on there. All right. And that will be in the show notes for all of you. Who yeah. Need to need to no. attend this, and also you do private readings, which I'm like so excited about. I I just want to say for listeners, I'm really not bullshitting when I'm like this is really like so um just on point and feels very accurate and all of this stuff. So I, I just want to make that clear because uh, yeah, if you feel like you want help with making meaning, which because I don't think making meaning is you know, I think making meaning sometimes is very very helpful, or if you want some insight or have things make more sense i would i this was really i i, I trust really, I trust you fully because again i you could not have read me any closer <laughs> yeah yeah oh thank you i have one like nice get my whole thing <laughs> it's a nice calm like feeling of like peace that i get in my heart when i perceive something really extra great so yeah thank you so much this was awesome oh we gotta do joy yeah we're oh, yeah yeah we do oh, a round yes. of joy of uh what's one thing that's bringing you joy right now Okay, one thing that's bringing me joy is this um, pin that, <laughs> this is so silly, this pin that a friend gave me um, that is from Parks and Rec. It's of the <laughs> Cones of Dunshire, the game <laughs> that Adam makes. 
at, did I yeah. rename him? No, that is his yeah. name. Mm-hmm. And um, it has the cones and it says, it's all about the cones. Gosh. <laughs> and that is hilarious. I like love fandom stuff and I love merch and I love like this is the perfect gift for me. And so I'm um, recently like allowing myself to get really silly with what brings me pleasure and connection has been really joyful. I love mm. that. That You said that was a gift? It was a gift. Yeah. Good. What a nice, thoughtful gift. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. How about you, Eva? What's probably I will say, so my partner, Adam, recently made me beef noodle soup, which is a t- really like traditional Taiwanese recipe, which was just like so sweet because it took me all the way back to Taiwan. And he did it so well and so authentically. I mean, I don't even know. I would told him, I was like, I'm very skeptical. I don't think you're going to be able to make this. Like, um, and lo and behold, I felt like I was transported back into Taiwan in my kitchen. So that was really awesome. And also he... Like whenever I'm on my period, he makes me congee, which is like my comfort food. It's just like, it's also another Taiwanese thing. It's like porridge, but with like a bunch of weird stuff in it. And it is just like the most comforting thing to me when I want comfort food. So that those two things definitely are bringing me joy. (laughs) Yes. And we love a partner that cooks. Yeah. He does all the cooking and it's great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love this. What about you, Kylie? What's something that's bringing you joy? So I've been regularly waking up at five o'clock in the morning and I love it. Oh my God. I goals. Right. I am like, that sounds awful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it does. That's what's amazing about it. So my children, God bless them, are like the earliest risers. Like I just thought all small children were early risers, but like I have friends whose kids are the same age and they're like, no, they wake up at eight. My kids are up at like six to six thirty. Like if they, if I, if I get, if they sleep till 645, it's like peak luxury. And for years I have been like, if only I could wake up before my kids, I would be a happier person. If only I could wake up. It started when I just had my son, then with my daughter. And I would like, I mean, I've talked about it on the podcast before. Like Mm -hmm. it's like been this reoccurring theme. And finally, I think the thing that did it was then I actually, like, I got so, like, I just felt this like deep deep need to just be like I am a nicer person and when I, I enjoy being a mother more when I have a window of time to myself before everyone else gets up like the whole day unfolds better where if I can have 45 minutes to just drink my tea in the dark by myself and so I basically like kind of tuned in to my spirit team and I was like someone's got to be an asshole and just get me out of bed <laughs> like, like ah, stop being nice to me about it stop indulging me like I need like you need to assign me a getting out of bed guide who's kind of like a, like drill sergeant because I know I need this and you keep telling me how it will in fact be a really good idea for me and I like mortal human Kylie needs to just get like who is a Taurus and loves to sleep needs like some guy to come along and essentially just like roll me out of bed and uh yeah, it's been like three weeks now where it's not every single day. Like some days I know I'm too tired, like, um, but pretty consistently I wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I drink my tea before my kids and I like them more as a result. Yeah, that's huge, Kylie. Yeah, that's huge. And you know, that's awesome. Being able to like change a sleep pattern is, is huge. And also I've always wanted to be an early riser. I'm, I'm not, but there is a morning feeling that's very special, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So my morning cup of tea is really is really, really bringing me joy. Yeah. 
I love that. And you said that started like three weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like in September was when my habits like really wanted to shift as well. Yeah. So Virgo. Well, that means you need to go to bed, Kylie, because it's late. That's true. Well, like Tuesday mornings, Tuesday mornings are not usually one of the 5 a.m. mornings because we record and then we talk after we're done recording, even. Yeah. For usually at least an hour. Yeah. (laughs) As of you. Yeah. Of course. Yes. All right. This was like so amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. We had so much fun. Thank you. you. Wait to have you back. And your book is a material thing we can throw money at. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you. You know, I would love it. I would love it. Oh, wait. What's the name of your podcast also? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't get into that. Okay. So, uh, Kylie, you said you were um, interested in the alternative religions. So uh, my podcast is called Discourse of the Stranger. It is produced through a company called Divine Spark, which is an art collective that's making work like based on and inspired by the Gnostic Gospels. So I hear a gasp. Um, It was like 18 reading nonfiction books about Gnostic Gospels. Wait, you are speaking my love language right now. Carry on. Yes, me too. Okay, so... um, Like I said earlier, I did grow up in the church. It was actually my choice. I was never pushed to go to church. I really wanted, I was really seeking something. Um, And so religion is is a language that I now speak for better, for worse, even though I'm not interested in it as a, a means to spirituality anymore. But I'm really fascinated by actually kind of what makes all of the religions the same, just looking at at different lenses and different books. So uh, the Gnostic Gospels are a group of apocryphal texts that were written during uh, the rise of Christianity that were decided by the church to be non-canonical. So they tell a different story about the how the universe was created, uh, the spiciest hot take that they that they delivered to us is that the biblical god is actually a manifestation of ignorance and so the the biblical the old at least the old testament god is the bad guy of the story and so what does the world look like if um the snake in the garden was actually a manifestation of wisdom trying to return knowledge back to the human beings so it's this really uh, a, a different way of looking at things which is what child Kylie <laughs> literally always knew was true just I just want to be on record <laughs> always always believed that I mean yeah I like tried to it be kind of, like it's hard to not believe yeah. it but like obviously he's such a bully <laughs> people to tell them they're evil and unworthy yeah get off my soapbox about biblical God I swear wait so what oh sorry go ahead yeah so that's the Gnostic gospel so the podcast that I host is a slightly fictional, getting less fictional by like no fourth wall now, but in, in, in its original iteration, there was a bit of a fourth wall. So I play a fictionalized version of myself named B. I am a seeker, a Gnostic seeker who is studying with a Gnostic illuminator named Al, who I actually create the AI voice for. So it's a little sci-fi, um, but we dig into the Gnostic Gospels, the texts themselves. And then my work really, what I'm passionate about is contextualizing them into present day. How are we seeing the conflict between wisdom versus ignorance still playing out? Um, Because we're, you know, we are still stuck in this loop, stuck in this cycle. 
And then also, uh, I really believe that anything, any work that we're doing in the spiritual space has to matter here and now, because this is all we can actually prove, quote unquote, to ourselves. So if it's not working for us now, then what are we doing? And so I work really hard to connect um, just this different lens of looking at things into um, how can we how can we use that now? So it's it's every, we release biweekly, so you'll get two episodes a month. One episode is a teaching or a lecture episode with me and with Al, um, and then the second is a conversation with a listener. So. Ladies, if you ever want to come on the pod uh, or anyone even listening to this, if you if you vibe with the podcast, we have had we've had Internet people like reach out to us and be like, I like your show. I want to be on it. We've had them on and it's been delightful. So we really <laughs> dig into the soup. That sounds like honestly, I'm so glad I asked because it's incredibly <laughs> interesting. It sounds layered. I definitely want to go listen. I think we would both love to be on. What's it called? Did you say the name? Yeah, it's called Discourse of the Stranger. Discourse of the Stranger. Um, like, cool. But the acronym is DOTS. So got it. Okay. DOTS. Cool. We and we'll also link that in the show. Yeah. Notes. Go check that out, people. Okay. okay. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Now we are officially done. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.